And now, here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shaping Success. I'm your host, Wes Tankersley. Welcome to the new format. This is our show on the Independent Entertainment Network, the network that we have created. Today, we have a great guest. His name is Bo Skitsko. He's a trainer, an author, and he's got a lot of things going on that are really great. I just want to introduce him. Here we go. Bo, welcome to the hey, show. Thank you for having me, Wes. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. You know, I've been listening to a few interviews and kind of following you along and, and seeing some of the things you're doing. And I just, I really think it fits the show. Um, like I told you, the show is called Shaping Success. And we just talk about just building success and what it looks like for every single individual as I think it's different. Uh, can you give us just a little bit of background on where you're from and kind of how you got here? Yeah. Um, well, again, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, my background. Well, uh, I was born in Ukraine and uh, about 11 so or so years, I immigrated to America and kind of pursued for a better life, land of opportunities, right? A better life for my wife, for, my, uh, for me, for my kids. Uh, well, the kids were born here, but for my future family, you know. I uh, immigrated here and like I got a little bit of a taste for opportunity. There's actually things I can do. There's actually I can make a change in my family, in my own life, in the community's life. I can actually contribute to many people's lives and influence them to become better in whatever success means to them. And that's where I became a trainer. And then from trainer, went slightly into mindset when I wrote a book because I, go, I think it goes hand in hand, mental strength and physical strength. So that's kind of my background. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really like. I was listening to a previous interview where you talked about it's kind of mind over matter. Uh, you you have a podcast and your book is called Stay Sore. Can you kind of talk yeah. about that mentality a little bit? Right here, if you can yeah. see it. Stay sore. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of lessons you can learn in the gym that will then apply to real life. In the gym, if you don't make it uncomfortable, your body has absolutely no reason to change. Your body just goes, oh, I know this stuff, and then it's done. But if you make it uncomfortable, if you put yourself into a new situation where your body's, let's just call it struggling a little bit, then it has a reason to change, to become better, to become stronger, Quite often that's supported by soreness, right? You, you hit a hard workout, you get sore, and then you become better the next day. So, but that same th thing applies in real life. If you're staying comfortable, if you live the soft life, then all you have is just either being okay with it or complaining that why is this person so lucky and I'm not? And it has nothing to do with luck. It's just having something to do with hard work. How uncomfortable did you get to to where you want to be, meaning put in the work, get a little sore, get a little uncomfortable, and then watch the results come. And I love the fact that you talk about that in the gym because that is something, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, but that is something in life. In order to be better, in order to get good at anything, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You know, you, you talked about your immigrating from the Ukraine. Was that an uncomfortable situation for you when you came here? What made you, you know, you had to get out of your comfort zone to get here. What, what just, you know, you said you wanted to come for the land of opportunity. How was that when you got here? 
Well, uh, there's many different things. Number one, I just knew like three, four sentences in English, right? Like, where's the restroom? How are you doing? And asking somebody for direction was already challenging, right? So 11 years ago, I didn't speak English. And now I'm having an interview with you. Uh, about one or two years into my journey, I was dreaming about things like maybe one day if I learn English good enough, I could be like a cashier at Walmart or something simply because that's easier than like cleaning toilets, which was my first job because you don't need to speak English when you clean toilets, right? right. And then I upgraded from toilets to like driving around doing delivery and doing some construction work. Those are all jobs that don't require you to speak English. So I took them because they kind of pay a little bit, right? So, but then I figured, okay, if I stay comfortable, meaning I take these jobs that don't require me to speak English, I will never level up, I will never grow. So I on purpose took a really, let's just call it sucky job that forced me to talk all the time. And that was like baptism by fire. And now I can have a conversation with you in English, and I'm actually an author in English, which is kind of, I'm still blowing my own mind, meaning like not in a proud way, but like, hey, you can actually accomplish things if you push. Yeah, and that that trial by fire thing is kind of great because you don't really have that option, right? You have to just get in there and go. And that job was, weren't you working at like a fast food restaurant? Is that what it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure if I should mention where, but yeah, I was making sandwiches. But the hardest thing is when when they put me on the phones to like take deliveries on the phone. I don't even know how addresses work here in America at that point, you know, and they just there's the zip code, there's the number, there's the street and there's avenues, roads, streets, boulevards. And I'm like, whoa. And then I have to take the credit card information through the phone. Every time I screw up an order, I have to uh, pay it from my own paycheck. So baptism by fire, that's how you learn English. Too many people are too comfortable or having too much of a safety net, which if you have a safety net, you're, you're not pushing. But if you have no plan B, plan A has to work. And you know more than just English, right? And your, and your native tongue, right? You have a couple yeah, of languages. Yeah, I speak five languages. I'm blessed to say I speak five languages. Is there any reason why you speak five languages? Was that something that in school they taught you? So a uh, little more background story. For seven years, I lived as a child. My, my parents were studying in Germany. And I lived there as a child from grade one through seven. And I learned German. It was almost like my uh, mother language because I was still a child. So I just picked it up naturally. There's a fly flying around <laughs> here. Sorry. But uh, I picked up German. And then I was born in Ukraine. When I was born, it was still Soviet Union for, for three years. Uh, so now you know how old I am, but, uh, so I still had to pick up Russian. So I picked up Russian, Ukrainian because I'm Ukrainian, uh, German cause I lived there seven years, a little bit of English because now I'm trying to like, I'm a guest speaker and stuff and an author. So I probably have to speak English and i speak fluently sarcasm. <laughs> oh, so yeah, sarcasm. That's a good one. <laughs> that's, that's, you know what? That's the old universal language to, uh, get over some discomfort and learning another language, communicating with people and stuff, you know? So you've got to have that a little bit. Which language was the easiest to learn? Sarcasm. It, it, Sarca I think it's genetic. <laughs> it, goes, it goes across all barriers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was born with that. So that, 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 that was a uh, built-in feature. So talk a little bit about what you do for a day, on a daily basis. You're a trainer, right? Where, how does that work yeah. out for you? 
So uh, I like to say I change lives for a living. Um, I, I started off as a trainer. Again, I, that was a great way to learn English. Uh, the whole like manual to become a certified personal trainer. And then later on, I studied exercise science in college. But the whole manual, like a thick book of 800 pages, I was reading with a dictionary. That's partially how I learned English. Um, and then, uh, long story short, I became the master trainer in a big box gym. And I decided I need to do it my way, the way I believe is ethically the most correct way to do so. I feel comfortable that I'm giving people the best I can. It's not just about signing contracts. Uh, so I opened my own fitness studio and uh, has been going for four years now. And I'm actually really blessed to say it's going amazing. It's going great. I get to do what I believe in, help others and share some love. And you don't have machines in your gym, right? Uh, yes, I have. My clients are machine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's, I believe there's still a fly here. I'm so sorry. This oh, you're is, good. <laughs> this is funny, but, um, I, I believe in functional training. We have what you could maybe consider machines, some cable stuff. And, uh, but I believe that if you work out, unless you're like, let's say a bodybuilder or something, uh, where looks are more important than, than how you function, which totally fine. Whatever you're into, I'm helping you to get where you want to be. Like you said, success is something different to each person. Right. But uh, I believe that working out should help you in real life situations. It should make your everyday life better. So everyday life is not sitting in a comfortable machine and letting the machine control your move. It's either controlling your body or control, controlling external equipment, external objects, right? So kettlebells, dumbbells, balls, sandbags, and barbells, stuff like that. So I think learning to, to move through space is more important than sitting on a comfortable machine. And again, more discomfort causes more success, in my personal humble opinion. Right. Now, do you, do you consider kind of like what you do? Is it similar to like a CrossFit training or is it more of a little in between that and, and kind of traditional? Training? Uh, I, I uh, get that question a lot because we have it, it looks similar, but one side looks like CrossFit. The other side looks like physical therapy. And I think it's a nice mix of both because I have hip replacements, knee replacements, post-surgery, post-disease. Uh, uh, we have all kinds of things going on. Um, so I, I would like to think it's a cross and like in the middle, the best of both worlds, you know, yeah. a little bit of intensity, but also being smart and helping people heal after things. Yeah. And it's interesting because I've talked to a couple different trainers and they all kind of have their different ideas of what that should look like. How mm -hmm. do you approach each individual? Obviously it sounds like there's no cookie cutter approach. Do you, Never. do you meet with them and adjust their training based on how they are? Talk about that process a little bit. It's, it's a, it's a evolution of experience and knowledge. What I mean is, uh, when I first started being a trainer, I went by textbook. These are the five steps I need to do. I take your body fat. I gauge your, I, I, I can check out your gait, how you walk. I do like FMS, how your legs move, how your arms move, all that stuff, which is good. It gives you a baseline. But you know, after 10 years or so, uh, you built up some experience and now somebody walks in, I can already tell that one, one foot is slightly turned to the left, but the other one's staying straight. I can tell that one shoulder is a little higher and I can already kind of build a picture. By the time you walk in here, I kind of know what you probably are dealing with. And then I talk to you for five, 10 minutes, I found more. And that's, that's where I start uh, like creating a plan 
And with each workout, the plan's going to change because I'm going to learn more about you physically, but as well as what's your comfort, comfort level. How much can I push you? How much can I get out of you? Do you even need to be pushed right now? Maybe right now you just need to like stop having anxiety about going to the gym for the first time. So whatever the situation is, never cookie cutter. Yeah. And I love that. I think that, you know, it sounds like you've, you've come a long way in learning how to do things. I'm assuming that in the big box gym that you were talking about, that was kind of the way it was. It's like, do this, do this, do this, and then train them this way because that's what you need. You need results. You need to see the body fat change. You need to see the weight go down. You need, you have all these different things that you probably have to hit because you want to consistently bring people in. Do you kind of pick and choose the clients that you work with? Have you ever had to like fire a client? <laughs> <laughs> good question. Uh, I, uh, that's a good one. You know what? In my uh, now over 10 years of uh, experience in the fitness industry, I had only one situation where I it wasn't like a bad client or anything. There's never a bad client or a bad trainer. Well, it, it just didn't click. You know, she didn't like the music. She didn't like my approach. She, she, uh, whatever. So I just said, Hey, I, I think, I think this is not the best fit for both of us. And I literally gave her five phone numbers of trainers that are working that I know in the area. And I just said, Hey, these are good guys. I know them. Uh, two girls, three guys. I know those trainers. They're fantastic. Uh, maybe you'll just click on a personal level better with them. That was the only situation. And I felt very guilty. I felt like maybe that was my mistake. But over the years, I learned that there's different personalities and sometimes it just doesn't click. Yeah. And that's a tough one that, you know, that's with anything. Um, I know, I don't know that we've discussed this before, but I was a physical edu physical education teacher previously. And, you know, I sell mm -hmm. window coverings now, but that's the same way with kids. It's like, there's just some kids that just don't fit in your class. You can do everything you want, but in the end of the day, it may be better for them. They may get more out of it elsewhere. And yeah, true, true. It's painful because if, if you truly care, you kind of blame yourself, you know, but uh, you, you have to understand that maybe there's somebody who can help this person more. You have to get your ego out of the way and do what's right for the person. Yep. Well, let's talk about your book a little bit. You mentioned that you wrote it in English and that was, that was pretty tough to do. Um, tell us a little bit about your book. So uh, at that point, I don't think English was that tough. That was uh, 2019. It was published. Stay sore. So uh, what I did was... I kind of took my own experiences as an immigrant, as a father and husband, and as well as a trainer and business owner, and I created lessons that apply to everything. And like, if this happens in the gym and you do this to fix it, you can do the same thing in real life and with any problem, right? Uh, so... Um, same thing with the immigrant story, like what I just told you about learning English. And the whole book is pretty much about how I did something uncomfortable to become better. And then it wasn't actually that bad kind of thing. So it's a mindset I, book. It's a mindset I, book, how to get over the fear of change. And I really like it because you've talked about like it's it's kind of your life mantra staying sore, whereas you mm -hmm. do get uncomfortable because that's the reminder that you need to continue to do it and push forward. How, how so, long did it? Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, how long did it take you to write it and, and how was that process for you? 
Um, so I had somewhat of a unique approach to writing it, but uh, there was people that helped me a little bit with like editing and uh, changing things up, checking my grammar. And but you you know what I did the most? Uh, you know, in the notes app on your phone, uh, I would just like literally talk to my phone, like speech to text, and it would type it out. And uh -huh. I would have, every time I have an idea, I would be afraid to miss the idea, so I would just talk into my phone. And uh, I would have the text there, and then I would just place it and edit it a little bit. So about like one third to one half of the book was literally written by the notes app in my in my phone. That's a that's pretty pretty neat. Um, you know, I I listen to Adam Carolla quite a bit, and he I'm, <laughs> he talks about that's kind of the same way that he's written a lot of his books. Mm -hmm. He's got like seven or eight books, and you know, for someone who doesn't want to sit down and type everything out, I mean, that just it just makes it easier. You can, your thoughts are in your mind. You can edit your thoughts after you put them down on paper, but at least they're there. Yeah. And you know, people make things too complicated. Just go and do with everything in life. Uh, and same thing here, like writing a book seems like such a crazy journey, but like, honestly, just start with one thing, talking to your phone. Anyone can do that. Like a lot of it was written in, in gyms. Like uh, I do a set of deadlifts. And then, whoa, I have a crazy idea. I need to like record it really quick between sets. I look, I look like that jerk who is like texting and playing on their phone between sets, but I don't care. I'm writing a book. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's using your time wisely. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss says, uh, don't be busy, be productive. And I believe in that. I could listen to music and get hyped or I can just decide that I'm going to lift as heavy as I can without the music while listening to a lecture or to another book or something like that. You know, and then the, the the PR comes with music. Obviously, when you hit your heaviest set, you got to put on oh, a yeah. nice beat drop. But other yep. than that, you know, if you warm up, listen to something that makes you smarter or just uh, feel better. Yep. So you have a podcast and you're doing some speaking stuff. So talk. Can you kind of they kind of go hand in hand? I feel like yeah. Yeah. Um, doing a little bit of both. Your podcast is very informational. Let's talk about that first. What What are you trying to get at with your podcast? What are you trying to help other people understand and find? Uh, how deep do you want me to go into into the mindset of the podcast? Uh, let's go mid-level. Mid-level. Okay. So okay. Uh, I started the podcast during the lockdown last year, 2020. My gym got locked down. The whole that's a whole different story, but I needed to do something to help people live a happier and health healthier life, right? Because all this fear in the news, but nobody once said something about how to actually be healthy. Hey, get some vitamin D, get some zinc, work out, move. If you're depressed and stuck at home, maybe you should start working out and moving. That will help your depression. That will help you feel better, more confident, better about yourself. And that was kind of making me mad and pissing me off that all this stuff and nobody was willing to help people. So I wanted to put out information. This is what's health. This is what's diet. This is what's nutrition. This is how you move. This is how you work out. This is how you don't freak out. This is how you deal with diabetes, overweight. This is how you deal with depression, anxiety. And I have, I speak for myself. There's a lot of solo podcasts, but there's also like, I invite doctors, gynecologists, nutritionists, psychiatrists, uh, all this stuff. I felt the obligation to like, not be a victim of my close gym and, but I, going out and helping people and it just caught on. And now I keep going with the podcast. 
And when does that drop? Do you do, is this a weekly thing or how, how often do you try to record that? The idea is every Wednesday, um, YouTube and as a video podcast, but as well as like stay sore on any podcast platform out there. Uh, but honestly, once in a blue moon, I skip a uh, skip a Wednesday when I'm too busy with business and family and stuff. So uh, right now we're recording this on a Wednesday. And there's no podcast today, but oh. <laughs> uh, I, I messed up. I, I skip once in a while, but usually on Wednesdays. Yeah, well, that's great though. You get it out there weekly or try to. You know, people need to I take breaks. To. It's it's one of those things where it's really tough. My recording schedule, you know, I have a day job as well, so it's kind of like it's trying to figure that out where it fits and. Yeah. And, um, you know, it is a tough, so I applaud you for even just getting that done when you're running your own business and you're trying to keep that stuff going, keep it afloat. It's, yeah, thank you. It's tough. It's, it's to anyone who's listening, recording any kind of stuff, podcast, YouTube videos, whatever, it's so much mental work. And then the editing and thinking there's the fly again, but, uh, <laughs> the, all that stuff, uh, that's so much work. It's, there's so much behind the scenes work. Like I applaud any creator. Yeah. And it's definitely a lot easier when you're on the other end of it, when you're getting interviewed versus having to do the interview, because you, you just get to come talk. Well, we got to yes, do the background work Yes, I love when I have guests on my podcast. That's the easiest, but like creating something from nothing for the next 20, 30 minutes is tough. Yep. Yeah. So, and then your, your speaking engagements, how are those going for you? You mentioned that one of the things that I really like is you talked about COVID and you try to find something more to do. I'm assuming that the speaking engagements kind of dried up a little bit too. Are you getting out and getting to do that more now that they're... I just got booked uh, middle of November again. So it's starting to slowly pick up again. But the interesting thing is I do mostly speaking with students. Uh, a lot of professors invite me to encourage students to do something. It... it, it it kind of became like a relationship with different colleges and career centers here around my area where, you know, let's say you're a student and you want to be a physical therapist or personal trainer. And let's say your professor teaches you exercise science, right? And the students think, well, that this professor, he doesn't have a gym. He's not a trainer. He doesn't even train people. What can he teach me? And that's where I come in. And I like, they invite me and I start speaking to them and explaining how I do things in the studio and how I build my business and stuff. And they start understanding, oh, you actually do need to know the things that the professor teaches you, right? <laughs> and then in my studio here, I invite professors to speak to my clients because, yeah, it's easy for you to say what I should eat and do. It's easy for you because you're fit, working out your profession. But when a professor comes in and actually tells my client what to eat, then they listen. Ooh, it's a professor. It's coming from a professor. So we have this relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always tough because I think that, you know, for a long time in this country, you know, I'm 40. So I've been through kind of a few different things. I'm not that old, but like I, when I graduated from high school, it was, you need to go to college. You need to get a good, get a degree. Okay. And then I spent, you know, 11 years changing tires. I failed out of college the first time. And I spent 11 years changing tires and that whole 11 years, it was like, push, push, push. Everyone's going to college. Everyone's going to college. Everyone's going to college. They're all going to go get this communications degree that doesn't do anything for them later on in life. And we're finding out that that education isn't the best education. And so it's uh, kind of the school of life. I, I, yes. I mean, if you want to be a lawyer, a doctor, stuff like that, you got to go to college, uh, maybe engineer, right? You need to go to college. But there's so many things where it's almost like a scam. I, I, I really hope people are not going to take it uh, the wrong way. I think education is important, yes. But 
you get locked in into that uh, student debt, right? You, you the loan you can't even go bankrupt. You can't. Right. You, it's gonna chase you for the rest of your life. Just just make sure you know why you're going to college and when you what, what you want to get out of it. Because most millionaires are dropouts. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, and it's interesting because I I read an article today that was saying that this is this these group of kids coming up are going to be the entrepreneurial group because they're realizing that they don't need that. They don't need to be able to do that. This is worth, you know, the social media aspect of it, the influencer aspect of it, all the things that you can do without an education and still be successful, make money. It's coming from a place where you don't have to have an education. I wouldn't take my education back because now I have a master's degree. I went back to college Mm -hmm. and I powered through it. And in, in uh, the four years that I taught school, because, you know, that's one of those jobs where if you want to be a teacher, you have to have an education. Yeah, yeah. The four years where I taught school, I got my master's degree and I just, you know, I wouldn't take it back. I learned a lot of things. I learned how to talk better. I learned how to write better. I learned all those things that are necessary, but I didn't really need it, you know. Yeah. And, you, you know, uh, to, to be super honest and open to, with your listeners, um, when I was transitioning from being the master trainer at the big box gym to opening my own studio, I went to college for the credibility to even just to to like be comfortable myself. I felt in the beginning and I'm still struggling with that sometimes. I felt like I'm not good enough. Who are you to own a business? Who are you to tell others what to do? Who are you to start something from nothing? So I went to college to kind of prove it to myself and like, okay, I have a degree. Now I'm probably worth something and maybe people going to come to my business. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was. I, I'm glad I did it because now I have a piece of paper. But it's an know, expensive it, piece of paper. <laughs> it is an expensive piece of paper. It's there, and I can talk about it. But honestly, in the ten years, probably two people asked me about my degree, like client-wise. Nobody cares if I produce results. If I have amazing reviews online, if people talk about me, if the community knows me. If I post before and after pictures on my social media for my gym, nobody asks about the degree. Uh, tell me one topic that you cannot learn on YouTube. Yes, this is very true. I cannot. See? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can learn how to be a trainer. I mean, there's good and bad channels, but after three videos, you'll figure out if that's a good channel or a bad channel, right? So when I opened the business, I'm not handy at all. I should be. I'm from Ukraine. I'm not handy at all. When I opened the business, everything from putting mirrors on the walls so they don't fall down and kill somebody to anything else, like the, 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 the setting up the business, the legalities, accounting, everything. YouTube. I learned everything from YouTube step by step. I learned from YouTube way more than from college. I, I, I hope no. I hope my professor is not watching it. I mean, there's there's times where you need to go to college, but you can learn it yourself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I mean, even if your professor is listening, I think that he's probably smart enough to understand that that is, that is true. I think it's really hard. Yeah. (laughs) I, I had great, I had great professors as well. And it's, it's one of those things, but I just don't, I mean, there is not really anything that I've ever learned to do that I couldn't do by just getting that experience and um, help me writing another paper about it or taking a math class or anything like that wasn't going to make me better. You have to practice what you're doing. And once you do that, you practice that, you learn over and over again. If you had one piece of advice to give someone about going into your field or goals or, or just reaching out and trying to be successful in whatever 
it would be, what would that be? Uh, better done than perfect. Meaning, if you're waiting for something to be perfect, you're not going to do it, right? Just do it and pivot. If it does work, pivot, make it better. But just just start, start. Whatever it is, working out, starting a business, starting anything. But uh, just, just. Yeah, I know the flies flying. It's around. okay. There's it's all right. Fly, I'm just laughing because I remember at the beginning, you're like, if that lands on my nose, and then it's landed on your nose a couple times. I know, a few <laughs> times though. It actually landed right in front of my camera, but I like, I like underneath the camera, moved my fingers so yep. it like flies away. But, uh, <laughs> you know, better done than perfect. Start. It's not that difficult. Don't be afraid. Everyone's so afraid about the outcome. If I do this, what's going to, nothing is going to happen. Just go do it. Like, action is more than knowledge almost always people wait for like if i would only know a little more what's the secret to losing weight if i would only have nutrition knowledge you know you shouldn't eat sugar and you know you should move more action is more important than knowledge almost always not always but almost always yeah and you'll never get there you know i i i'm i was a baseball coach and i always say this to the kids it's like you can't get in the game by sitting in the dugout you have to be up ready to go you can't get on first base if you don't swing at the ball or, you know, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of different things that you can do, but you're, it's really in your control and you can sit there and wait for the perfect situation to happen. But like you said, you got to stay sore. You got to get uncomfortable in order to make it happen. Your first step is already going to teach you more than you waiting and trying to like learn from a textbook on how to do that. You take your first step and you're already going to learn so much more, you know, and then the second step you learn even more. And then the third step you learn something that wasn't even a textbook. So one step at a time, one rep at a time. I always say here in the gym, one rep at a time. You can do one yep. and then you can do just one more. Yep. Well, before we get to um, the last question, because I have one last question I always ask everyone, mm -hmm. uh, let's just talk about where people can find you. Where's the best place to look you up on social media, find a book, anything you want to plug, go ahead and do that for me. Yeah, the, the, the book is on Amazon, just Amazon, stay sore. You can uh, Kindle paperback and you can even hear my amazing accent in a audible version so i went to the studio i had a massive headache reading my book for eight hours for a few days uh but you it's authentic it's it's me and so yeah amazon.com and then you go find stay sore and then social media is Bo underscore schizko Bo underscore schizko instagram and facebook would probably be better and then there's a few other ones where I check in once in the blue moon and then, uh, or email, email me at boskitsko at gmail.com. Yeah. And it's great to hear that the book is on audio because I think that the majority of the authors that I've interviewed, they don't have it on audio. And that like for my job, I drive around all day, every day. I don't have time to sit down and read something, but I'll listen. And that's what I love podcasts exactly. for. And so. that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing. Don't do the thing that everyone does. Get one extra step, get a little more uncomfortable and maybe more people will listen to your book. Well, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing your story with us. I think it's very inspirational. And I'm glad that you took the time to come on here. The last question that we always ask, the show is called Shaping Success, which stemmed from a, you know, a childhood thing that I went through when a kid told me he was going to be twice as successful as me when he grew up. And I, and I thought, what the, how can you decide that? <laughs> so the question is, is how would you define success? What is the shape of your success? Oh, that's that's a deep that's a deep one. Like you said, success is different for everyone. If somebody's six, uh, some if somebody's sick, success is just being normal, right? Yeah. Uh, getting back to normal. If if somebody is 
I don't know, Christian, success is salvation. If somebody's a real Christian, success is helping others. If somebody, to me, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I hate mediocre, personally me, being mediocre. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to help others and making money, like, you know, making money, building a business by helping others. Uh, money never comes first, but if you help others, you can pay your bills. I love it. I think that that's a big thing. And that's why I do what I do as well, because I think that teaching others and helping others to be better is where it's at. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for taking the time to be on here. It was really great interview. I look forward to uh, watching how this works out for you and how your path unravels, because I think that you've got a lot to give. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yep. All right, everyone. Well, that is the end of the show. Until next time, I challenge you to find the shape of your success. 